Hey, this is Sean Amos, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans are very passionate. Burn, ready, burn. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans are very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't Don't be the sucks. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined on the line, as always, by my colleague and co-host, none other than the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, everybody. <laughs> What's up, Jet fans? And on the line, fan favorite... You know him, you love him, he's the majestic beast, the big stinking Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk. What is going on, everybody? Nice, you're coming through clear, Kronk. Nice to have you with us. And uh, we all know what the topic is. We all know what's going on in the Jet universe right now. We all know the only thing there is to talk about, one Jamal Adams, Michael, Michael, Michael. I mean, where do we, where do you even start with the speed at which this absolutely just nosedived into the ground as far as so far as the situation goes now we're going to get into the compensation how we feel about all those good things all those little tidbits so we're going to hit all these bullet points that you guys want to hear but before we even get into that jamal adams was my favorite jet i think it was your favorite jet too we discussed this for many reasons because we knew every sunday 110 percent. you knew what you were going to get you know he's a dog out there he seemed to be to me at least i've said this many times on the show it's the reason that i didn't think he would get was gonna get traded it's the reason i was so surprised by his antics or at least the way he went about maneuvering his way out of new york the past three or four months because what i thought was jamal adams was a high character leader here on the jets i thought he was a leader of men on this team i thought he was somebody that was going to lead by example and i'm just using his own words when i say that michael you know um if i use jamal adams own words and own logic at least you see because you know he likes to share his emotions on twitter as we've all seen the past three years jamal adams positioned himself as that dude all right i'm here i'm a jet for life you know i have no you know he, he positioned himself as out front, someone people would insult the Jets, say something bad about the Jets or the franchise. Jamal Adams would go after him. Jamal Adams knocked out the Patriots mascot at the, at the Pro Bowl. Jamal Adams made the All Pro team. Jamal Adams in January of this year had no problem with the Jets. If you guys remember, I'm, I'm ready to be a Jet for life in January, and here we are, all these months later, COVID in between, a lot of craziness in the country in between. But what it's come down to is Jamal Adams didn't get what he want when he wanted it. And he went the route so many different players have gone when they maneuver themselves away from a team, be it through the media, be it behind closed doors. But the difference here, guys, is that, you know, some of these dudes with other teams, with Antonio Brown, with Jalen Ramsey, for instance, guys, were, I mean, those, to me at least, weren't the most surprising situations. Those guys right. did not see that. That didn't surprise me that much. That they decided they, you know, they wanted to maneuver their way out. They spoke through the media. They ended up getting what they wanted. With Jamal Adams, you know, I just, 
I maybe I should have noticed. You know, maybe I should have paid more attention. I know last year uh, there's, a, there's a game at halftime, the Jaguar game. He, he, he flipped out on his teammates. That was in a Rich to Me article. He whined at the trade deadline because teams inquired about him. You know, I mean, he buried the general manager. He buried the coach. He buried the, gen, uh, the, the, the owner of the team last week. I mean, everything you could do. He said he's, he actively tried to get himself traded to Dallas. He did this all publicly. And then once he got what he wanted, then you get the tweet out, yo, Jet fans. Man, I'm sorry I had to go this way. You know, it's like right. it's like the girlfriend hitting you up after she broke up with you saying, no, no, I still like you, just not that way. We could be right. friends. You know, we could be friends. We could go out for a meal, but I don't want to be around you anymore. To have that, such a low level of um, self-awareness as a human being, to publicly go about things the way he did, Mike, how he did, to bury the team, to feel the need, so much inside of you to get yourself out of New York that you had to decimate the coach and the general manager. We all, me and Mike don't like Gase. Well, I'm, not, I'm on Gase's side here. But my point is, if you're a leader, if you're an adult, mature, a professional athlete pretending to be what he was pretending to be, which now we know was an act the whole time, you don't go about things that way. You don't say, I'm going to model myself after Michael Jordan. That's oh. my guy. That's who I want to model myself after. Michael Jordan, you know, he had plenty of... Uh, Plenty of negatives about Michael Jordan, the way he went about things with teammates and stuff. But Michael Jordan wasn't someone leaking things to the media, going about his contract negotiations publicly for the world to see. Michael Jordan didn't say anything bad about Jerry Krause until until the last dance. That's two months ago. You know, yep. it's like, don't, don't act like you're trying to be Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan didn't right. go about his business this way. Don't act like you're that dude, like you're in that class. Like when you're talking about contracts, you want to get paid like Pat Mahomes. What reality does Jamal <laughs> Adams... What reality does he live in where he thinks this behavior is the way to be looked at as someone that should be respected? Because to me, it's the opposite of that, Mike. And I lost a ton of respect for him this past week, this whole process I have. I did not see this coming, Mike. We're going to talk about the compensation. But, Mike, his behavior in general, your thoughts? So my dad told me a long time ago, do two things in life. Treat people the way you wish to be treated and do the, and do the right thing always try to do the right thing so my dad told me long ago two things treat people the way you're going to be you want to be treated and do what you say you're going to do okay mm -hmm. think, about that. think about that think about that my dad told me that long ago he said you know treat people the way you want to get treated and do what you say you're going to do you know, I was reading Le'Veon Bell, and my heart goes out to him, man, because Jamal Adams was, like, all in on getting Le'Veon Bell to come to the Jets. And he told him, hey, we're going to turn this thing around. The culture has changed. We have a new brand. You know, come and join us here with Gang Green. We're going to do this together, X, Y, Z. And Le'Veon bought in, you know? And... um and what's crazy is that everything he said to him was a lie. And Le'Veon called him out on Twitter. <clears throat> and what's so insane about Jamal Adams is that he really had all of us believing that he was this amazing leader that he pronounced himself to be. He gave himself the name President. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Now, I don't mind you being cocky if you can back it up. And right. second year, he did back it up with the field, with his play. But what I noticed with him 
was that last year when Sam had mono and things got really bad and we went down to Miami and lost that game in Miami and went one and seven, which was the lowest point of the season. Jamal Adams would not answer to the media, would not take questions, was all quiet in the locker room. It wasn't himself because normally he's always like, yeah, we're going to do this. He got all quiet and everything like that. And then a game after that, um, the Jets won against the Giants and he kind of started coming out a little bit, but was still kind of coy. Like his whole like demeanor changed after that loss in Miami. And I personally feel this isn't you, Keith. This isn't anyone. This is me. I think he was done at that point. In my opinion, I think he was done. And and I think that he was hoping to get traded at the trade deadline. And I find it crazy that because he heard supposedly that the general manager picked up the phone to listen, he got all butthurt. You know, that was, in my opinion, him trying to push the narrative to try to get out of town. Yeah, he's trying and, to Mike, Mike, he, he's just trying to build his case. Yeah. In, in his own mind. Yeah. It's a fabricated to me case against the Jets that he created and worked out through the media and you didn't see that many people that I know thought it made that much sense even though some people said, oh, pay the man, pay the man, Stephen A. Smith, pay the man. It's like, dude, the way he's going about things, why would they just lean right into that and do what he wanted with his behavior? I, I, oh, didn't, mean to interrupt, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Mike. Go ahead. No, but it's cool. But you know what? The thing is, is that it would have been okay if you really wanted to get traded, you know, and all that. But you put all that out there that I'm a jet. I'm going to be with you through thick and thin. We're going to turn this around together. I can't all this stuff about how if if the road gets tough, you're not going nowhere. You're a leader. You're going to bring everybody here. You're going to turn it around. And when it gets really hard, when it got really hard. Then you all of a sudden couldn't deal with it anymore and wanted and wanted your way out, right? And then, and then after all making noise at the trade deadline, then you talk to the general manager. You talk about we're gonna get a get a new contract. Understood. And now comes the draft, and then COVID and things, and then you decide, oh. I'm going to go ahead and go on social media and just blow this team out of the water, right? You were okay with taking a big-ass contract from the New York Jets with all the things you said about Adam Gase. So what's real here? Like, if you had that big of a problem with Adam Gase, then you would have never wanted to sign that contract in the first place. See, what I'm pretty much saying is you're a fraud, Jamal. You're a fraud. And we see right through it. Le'Veon Bell saw right through it. You act and talk a certain way, but it's one thing to talk the talk, and it's another thing to walk the walk. And playing with the New York Jets isn't easy. And that's why when one day the New York Jets win a Super Bowl, all those guys on that team, that's why guys like Broadway Joe are legends, son. You can't find legends like that really on every team everywhere. You know what I'm saying? The Jets, yeah, it's a tough road, but it takes a special p- person and special players to see it through. Like like Keith said, Michael Jordan went to a, to a franchise that was worse than the Jets, if you know anything about the Chicago Bulls. Push right through it. Legend. Okay? But you talked about yourself as that type. 
You're not that type. And you've proved that. And what you did is you played your card, the only card you had, your mouth, and you did something unprecedented. I have never in my life ever heard of a player who was playing for the coach that he's playing for and call him out the way he called him out. I have never heard of such a thing like that, saying that he is not the leader. Have you ever... Keith, you know Terrell Owens. We've gone through a lot of players in our lifetime. Sure. Have you ever heard of a player call well, out not, his sitting coach like that? And general manager and, and, yeah, like the way Jamal Adams. It's rare for a player to go about it the way that he did because what Jamal Adams did, guys, wasn't just wasn't just uh, publicly doubt a scheme a coach did or a play call, right? Or publicly doubt a decision here and there. What Jamal Adams did was say, this is what Adam Gase acts like behind the scenes. This is what Adam Gase does at halftime. This is this is what this general manager said he promised me and didn't give me. Now, Joe Douglas went on the radio today on the Michael K show. You, you, who knows who's telling the truth, right, guys? But he said he never promised them anything, and it's very rare a general manager is going to promise players anything. All Joe Douglas said was, like, we want you to be here for life, and we're going to get it figured out. I think they did have a plan to get it figured out. But, you know, apparently, and th- this was reported um, by Rich Samini, was that uh, two weeks ago Seattle called when a lot of this was going on, and they offered this trade a couple weeks ago. You know, or, or they offered wow. a trade. They offered a trade very close to this, oh, and th- then they upped it with the second first round pick. So Douglas kind of waited it out. We know what happened with the Manish Maida situation in that interview, which just completely took me by surprise. It was absolutely unbelievable for, like I said, Mike, the type of person that I thought he was. Players have a right to speak their mind and say whatever it is they want, but. I always say this all the time. When you decide to go about things that way, then after you do it, people, New Yorkers, human beings, are going to have the, the, the chance to, to pick it apart. So, yeah, you spoke your mind and, and you got what you wanted, but what legacy are you leaving behind now? Because the team that drafted you is always going to be the Jets. You know, you might never have a season where you have 115 tackles again like you did in your second year. You know, and Jamal, I know you missed a couple games last year. We said 40 less tackles last year. I mean, I'm just surprised me. As a, as a whole, the way I have to say, I was someone that did not think he'd get traded. I did not, he didn't have any leverage. So what Jamal Adams did was, since he had absolutely no leverage, he went the Antonio Brown route. Let me, let me completely burn down every single bridge possible so they have no choice but to deal me with why getting the two first getting mcdougall getting a third in that situation under those circumstances has to be applauded by joe and and the thing that gets me and the thing that gets me frustrated with people like stephen a smith with a lot of some of these people the jet fans are calling the jets terrible for not giving jamal adams his money does, do people understand? Like, they're like, oh, you know, well, uh, Mahomes got his money and all that stuff. Like we talked about, we don't know what the Jets' financial situation was. But do people understand that Joe Douglas and no other of the general managers during May, June time frame when all this started knew what was going to happen in 2020 with the NFL season? Yeah. They thought we may have a season, but not. Do you realize... That if we didn't have an NFL season, they would have the salary cap next year in 2021 would have dropped 70 million dollars. Yep. Do you understand what that would have done to the cap? So now, now, okay, we're gonna throw 18 million at Jamal Adams. Great. The j- cap just dropped 70 million. Oh crap, we're over by like 
10 million. Now I got to restructure all these contracts. I have to re messes up your entire plan. And so from a lot of general manager standpoint, they're like, you know what? We're just going to just keep it status quo because we have no idea what's going to happen in 2020. All I'm saying is when they talked early January, no one knew this COVID thing was going to break out. And the Jets were in the right with two years left on his deal to say, you know what? Hold off on that for now. You know, we're going to get to you next year. And yeah, yeah. Throwing up, you know what I'm saying? So, 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 so then, you know, Stephen A. Smith and all these other people ripping the Jets because the Jets are an easy target. Well, guess what? Guess what, Stephen A? Guess what? You know, the Jacksonville Jaguars had a guy named Jalen Ramsey who was an ass. Okay. And he played a prime position, which was a cornerback. And you know what? The Jacksonville Jaguars got a 2020 first round pick, a 2021 first round pick, and a fourth round pick for Jalen Ramsey. That's pretty good, huh? That's a pretty good haul. You know what? Khalil Mack was another one. Great, great, great linebacker. Premium position guy. This dude was an absolute beast. Do you know what the Raiders got? A first round pick. In 2019, a first round pick in 2020, a third round pick in 2020, and a sixth round pick in 2019. They had to give up a second round pick in 2020 and a conditional fifth in 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 uh, 2020. That's what they got. That's what they got, Stephen A. And all you bunch of haters out there. Do you know what the Jets got for a freaking safety? A first round pick next year. A first round pick in 2021. A, a third round pick in 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 twenty in this year, and they also got a they gave up a fourth rounder, and they got um, Bradley McDougal also, and they got Mc, Bradley McDougal. You know what? The Jets were the ones that ended up getting the best haul of all those teams for safety, a guy who doesn't even play a prime primary position. And I look at those Seahawks, and I say to myself, you guys gave up all that for Jamal Adams. When you guys had the 16th ranked secondary in the NFL, which wasn't bad. And that probably brings you up now to like the fifth, sixth. But your offensive line is like the trash. Oh, it's trash. even worse than ours. Yeah. And you all get like you you think you're going to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, like I look at them like, oh, OK. Oh, yeah. By the way, Jamal wants like 20 million a year. Good luck with that, buddy. Yeah, I mean, he wants to be... That's the one situation that I look at also that's another positive is that um, the Jets did draft this year in the draft Ashton Davis. We don't know. You never know how a player is going to work out in the NFL. But from what you see from how he played in college and, uh, you know, he just does seem like, and you hear this a lot, he's a Greg Williams type of player, versatile, can cover. Can, McDougal, if you look at the past two seasons, now, Bradley McDougal is no Jamal Adams and no one else right. really would be. They're not... There's not many guys they can go out and acquire throughout the NFL that are going to be equal to him. But the, the, the difference is here, first of all, obviously, the future contract demands. McDougal might only be here just for this season. Uh, but the past two seasons, Jamal Adams does have about 40 more tackles than McDougal. And that mostly was two seasons ago when he had about 115. 190 tackles for Adams, 148 for McDougal, who's more of a cover a cover safety. Uh, but five interceptions for McDougal, only two for Jamal Adams. Force fumbles is four for McDougal, five for Jamal. 15 passes defended for McDougal, 19 for Jamal. But passer rating for McDougal is an 83, for Jamal is a 75. So like that, McDougal is not going to come in and be able to do what Jamal Adams did or give us what Jamal Adams gave us. 
But the difference is when you have Ashton Davis out there and when you also already have Marcus May, who's, who's a pretty good safety, Marcus May, who's going to be able to take some more control of that safety area now that Jamal Adams is gone. I think considering that we have the defensive coach that we did, um, we'll be able to to make up for it. You know, I, oh, think, we're, yeah. I think we're still going to be OK. And, you know, that's that's to we'll, that's we'll see what happens with that. Um, the Jets mm-hmm. played a couple games without Jamal Adams last year. The defense didn't play that bad. And That's he, what I'm saying. And, and let me ask you a question. Both of you guys, Wookie and, uh, and Keith, let's just say right. they were to use some of that capital to get Yannick Ngakwe. Okay, there's some rumors out there. What is a better Jet de- defense? A defense with Jamal Adams with the, cur- with the current status quo or take Jamal Adams out, put McDougal in, and put Yannick Ngakwe on that edge? What's a better defense? Well, yeah, and Doc, wait, what is he? He has 30-something sacks in three years. <laughs> that dude is yeah. uh, We haven't... Yeah, I, 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 we've said it a million times. We've said it a million times. We don't have... We haven't had anybody rushing off the edge like that that's getting double-digit sacks. And, and d- don't get me wrong. You know, Jenkins will get six or seven sacks. Yeah, but my te- teams, right. aren't, teams aren't scheming for Jordan Jenkins, you know? Right, um, right. He, and he, he's a very heady player, smart player, good player, really good player. But... A guy like a doctor, that's a different ballgame. That's a guy that on his own can create pressure. That's a guy that on his own, even if he's a double team, might be able to do a little something and maybe even free something up for some of the other guys in the line that last year we saw were kind of on the rise. Maybe a guy like Quinnen. Maybe a guy like Fatu Kofi up the middle. You never know. And, you know, that would be a better defense on the whole. But when it comes to the compensation they got, Mike, I think it was surprisingly good. Just if you contextually look at the position they were put in by Jamal Adams, when teams... When, when, when players complain the way he did, and it's very rare you ever see a player go to the media the way he did and blast his team, when they do that, what that does to the team is put that team in such a vulnerable leverage position when they go out and talk to another team. If I call Mike on the phone and say, hey, yeah, you know, what do you think about Jamal Adams? He goes, yeah, dude, I, well, I've been, I, I, he doesn't want to play for you anymore. Obviously, he wants to leave, so my offer's not going to be as high as you might think it would be because team knows the Jets are kind of behind the eight ball with him. They either right. play it. They either play Jamal Adams next year, Wookie, right? After he said all those things, and look like maybe yeah. they're a team. They, they kind of look like the typical same old Jets. Oh, he blasts the Jets, but you still play him, or they trade him. It's one or the other. So when teams know that you only have two options, they can really try to rake you over the coals. In this situation, right. that's not what happened. You know, and they got no. those two first. Like Wookie. Now Jeremy Tunstall got traded the last couple years, a couple first Mac Ramsey. But you have to think this haul the Jets got is pretty good, considering. All oh, the things that are out there, and he's a safety, and what he wanted contractually. What do you think about the trade? I think when when the Jets finally realized, and I think they knew this in the back of their heads going into it, but when they finally realized it was about Jamal just getting out of New York, and it was no longer I'm going to be a Jet for life, blah blah, all, all that smoke and BS and all the mirrors that he put up. I think they were like, all right, well, hey Seattle, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Seattle just got swindled into the greatest. Oh, that's it's it's a haul for a safety for sure. Oh my crazy. god, it's crazy. It's and, you gotta, and, and, you, and you gotta hats off to Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas Absolutely. in his first year, he was put in a very very difficult PR situation with the fans, with the top player demanding and screaming, and he held fast and he said, "Yo, we're not trading Jamal unless we get blown away." And yep. he got blown away, and he pulled the trigger, and he looks like. He really knows what he's doing. I really, really feel much more. Co- the only thing that Joe Douglas has done that I have not been happy with was the Ryan Khalil signing. And us, besides that, he his his trade to you guys for Leonard Williams 
was oh yeah tremendous. The so trade the he just Gallery. executed, value-wise, may be one of the best trades I have ever seen, value-wise. And let me just say this to all the Jet fans out there, you know, that may not be as old as me and Keith and Whoop. When me and Keith were young whoopersnappers, and we had uh, Keyshawn Johnson barking back in the day, and and us, you know, older folk, we know about this. The give me, sh- give me the damn ball, right? Was wasn't that the book? Remember? Yep, Keyshawn Johnson. Or, yep. Keyshawn, give me the damn. So this was back in the day. We had Keyshawn Johnson, first round pick out of USC. 1996 draft bill parcells had him under control and then bill left and then this dude just wiling out talking trash okay and the jets traded him away for two first round picks we ended up getting john abraham and anthony beck from him and then john abraham we ended up not coming to sign and we dra- we traded him away and ended up getting DeBrickashaw ferguson and nick mangled which those assets led to an entire decade of the Jets uh, contending for the playoffs, okay? Yeah. We also had guys like Darrell Rivas, who we traded away, got draft capital, to, got Sheldon Richardson and some other draft capital, and ended up going and investing and getting Sam Darnold, okay? What I'm saying is that moves like this, that what Joe Douglas just did, we, the Jets never got that type of capital, but you can turn around a team and see value for the next decade if you're smart and i will give you this who was the trader who was the trade the player traded the dallas cowboys traded to the minnesota vikings for all those picks remember years and years and years ago this was right herschel walker guys herschel walker is singularly responsible for the dynasty team for the dallas cowboys the dallas cowboys built that dynasty off that herschel walker trade just so you know. And the Jets got pretty much the same type of compensation. So now you got all these picks and they could do what they want with them now. I mean, Joe Douglas has all the ammo. So look, we're going to play another year where we're not like competing for a Super Bowl. You know, we're not we don't have the 87th ranked quarter uh, player in the NFL like the Bills with Josh Allen. And his amazing quarterback self. So you know, we'll, we'll, you know we'll, that you know Mike will get it in every week. Everyone, you he, will, he will carry Josh Allen every week at some point. But but you know we're gonna see. It's a valuation year. We have the capital now, and we're gonna need Joe Douglas to execute on those picks. So Mike, it's, think about this. Have, I want to tell Jet fans this. Just going off what you just said. Next year's draft, 2021, the New York Jets have five draft picks in the first three rounds. Oh my goodness. The Jets have eight draft picks in the first five rounds. We have two fifth round picks. So next year we have two firsts, two thirds, and two fifths. Doesn't mean we'll make all those selections. It means that we'll have some capital to move up. The year after that, we also now have two first round picks. So that in the NFL, what the Jets just did, guys, was as opposed to other times in our life where we're like, oh, man, we made these moves or maybe we traded someone and, um, you know, different guys that the Jets have traded and or not signed back. And there's always kind of like this big hole we feel in this situation. If you can take Jamal Adams and he turns into now we got McDougal, so that's one player. Right. But if you get three other players, if Jamal Adams then equals four guys on your team, that's how teams get good. Right. That's how that's how oh, I do some. That's how Ozzie Newsom did things with the Ravens. That's how good franchises build their teams is they say, okay, this guy is really good, but if we draft very smartly, we can turn one good player into many good players, and that's what we need right now. So if you have five draft picks in the first 
three rounds, and you nail three of those draft picks. That's huge for us next yep. year. That is huge for us next year. If we had eight picks in the first five rounds, say say we say we do well in the draft and Douglas is on point, he nails five or six of those guys, and you add that to the draft this year, which on paper looks like a pretty good draft, I mean, all of a sudden, within two years, Joe Douglas has been able to really turn the roster over in a major way. So that, that's a positive kind of silver line to look at with the trade, because I know there's some Jet fans that are disappointed. I was a little disappointed. One aspect of this that we haven't really gotten into that me and Mike talked about off-air was the Adam Gase factor. He's kind of getting a pass in the fact that our best player on our team he was able to alienate and have be a huge reason he wanted to get traded off the team within two seasons. And some of the things he brought to light and mentioned about Adam Gase, insofar as his communication skills, his interpersonal skills, some of the things behind the scenes are some of the same things you heard the Dolphins players say, Mike. And that's not, I'm not, I'm not saying that's cool. I'm not saying players should say, put coaches on blast, whatever the case may be. But, you know, if, if that's how you feel and that's what the truth is, put it out there. But when you're on the team still, and you're a leader like Jamal was. I don't. I really. I just didn't see it as a good look. It was obviously he did it for a reason. He wanted to get himself out of here. Former players doing it. That you see that all the time. But some of the complaints you heard about him in Miami, um, and the way he dealt with players, is what Jamal Adams had a hard time with. And if that is true, that's a little bit disconcerting. And that's one yeah. of the, the one of the parts of the equation, Mike. I think that's kind of getting swept under the rug because of the way. It's so polarizing the topic because all the Jet fans that me and you know are either like, oh, what the hell are they doing trading Jamal Adams? Or, oh, my God, I can't believe they got so much for Jamal Adams. There's no one even talking about Gase. Yeah, and, well, look, what I'm going to say is, uh, you know, it is disconcerting when he said what he said when he was on the team and that was his head coach. That's crazy to say that. Now that he's gone, what I am going to say is I'm happy that he said what he said because – I'm hearing um, people talk about the Jets and say, yeah, Adam Gase is playing for his job. Like, the narrative now, it was there before Jamal Adams' comments, but now there is when you bring up Jamal, when you bring up Adam Gase, the fact that he said what he said, confirming what we already knew about him. The narrative is now that he's out there coaching for his job. Yeah. You know what, everyone? This is why this is why we do the podcast with Mike Wookie. He's the only man that can figure out a way to turn that into a positive. And, it's <laughs> an act, and it actually, like now that he just said it, he reasoned it away that it's, it legitimately makes sense. Rolls off his tongue. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how. This is why you tune in, everyone. I don't know how Mike figures out a way to do that. But <laughs> Mike, first of all, thank you for doing that because that's true. That makes sense to me. If that's the narrative Jamal's pushing and other players feel. That'll be more of an um, well, more of a reason, uh, a reason to push maybe Gase out the door next yeah, year. Yeah, yes, yeah. Because when you listen to Rich Samini, go and listen to some of these. Uh, I've been listening uh, to a lot of these shows today and yesterday, and now you're hearing them say, "Well, now how how is Adam Gase going to coach for his job with Jamal Adams gone?" See, whoa, wait a minute, to coach for his job. That means his job is on the line. And we all know it. And this yeah, really yeah, yeah. cemented that ideal. And I want that to be the, the narrative going into 2020. You better put us in the playoffs or get the hell out of town, bro. I like get it. Get the I like hell it. out. Yeah. I like where your head's at. I like where your head's at. Wookie, do you have something you want to say? Him. No, I can't blame Mike for feeling the way he does. And I think that, uh, I mean, obviously not being a Jet fan, but looking from the outside in, 
I wouldn't blame any Jet fan for being upset with where Gase is or where he's gotten the team at this point. Yeah. And I wouldn't blame or uh, any Jet fan for wishing him gone after the season, to be honest. Yeah, but you know what? As a Giant fan, you were put in a situation with Odell Beckham where he's someone that's a tremendous oh, player. Oh, my God. Point. Great point. Otherworldly talent on the field and then at the same time as a fan of the team. I know, I know you Wookiee. We, me, me and Wookiee, I know, little known fact, everybody, we actually lived at a place called Chesterfield Estates for a while. Oh, yeah. Time. So I'd watch Giant games with the Wookiee and he was not a fan of the antics of Odell Beckham. And no. not many Giant fans were. And what I mean more is just the me, me, me approach yep. to things on the field, off the field. And he's a tremendous player. Don't get me wrong. Odell Beckham is ridiculous. But sometimes, you know, your behavior does affect your teammates. And it does affect your team. It does affect how you're perceived. And then I didn't look at Jamal Adams ever as that type of guy. It sounds very judgmental to in this, like, one small snapshot of these three months to judge him as a whole. But it's hard not to do that. You know what I mean, guys? It's hard of not course. to do that. When, when you're a Jet fan and you love the Jets, say there's some 10-year-old Jet fan out there. He's a huge Jet fan. He loves Jamal Adams. That's his favorite player. And then he sees a video of Jamal Adams shouting out to some dude who says, yo, man, come to the Cowboys. He's like, I'm trying, man. I'm trying my hardest. Yeah, what kind of leader is that? That's, that's what I'm course. saying. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. What kind of behavior? So He's Mike, that about little kid, himself. That little kid is like, oh. And then that little kid all of a sudden sees an article and he's like, yeah, the coach this. The GM that, they promised me this, I'm going to complain about it publicly in a newspaper, one of the biggest circulated newspapers on the planet, Manish Mehta, who has a vendetta out against Adam Gase, and I'm, I'm not saying oh, anything, and I'm not saying anything reported was untrue, or anything he's saying is wrong, or at all, but it is someone that we know does have a bone to pick, so it's very interesting they got together on that, Mike, there's another whole aspect we can talk about. Now, all the Jet fans out there that think that the Jets did Jamal wrong, look, there's one fact that none of you can disagree with. When you have a problem at home with your parents, with your wife, with your children, when you have a problem at work, with your boss, with coworkers, when you have a problem with family, you know, your uncles, whoever, your friends, you don't put that crap on social media. You deal with your dirty laundry in-house, okay? That's how you conduct yourself as a professional. And Jamal Adams going out on social media, blowing all of his dirt was wrong. And there is no place at all justifying that type of behavior. It's unprofessional, it's selfish, and it's attention, needing attention is what he is somebody who needs. And that is yeah. disgusting, and he's gone, and let's go Jets. You know, Jamal Adams is Jamal Adams is 25 years old, you know, so if, when Jamal Adams is 40 years old and he has a bad day, right, or something goes wrong in his day, he's not going to be on Twitter talking about it. He's not going to be putting his business out there. Maybe he got what he wanted, so maybe Jamal Adams is 10 times smarter than me, Mike. But I just know that uh, for someone like me, and you, you know, you said it very eloquently, it, it's just not, if you had a family member, someone you care about, the Jets were something that he cared about. Like you just said, you gave all these great examples, Mike, or these really personal examples. If you were that ride-or-die dude like you said you were, like you came to New York and embraced it and said you were, if you really were that dude, you don't act the way that you acted, man. That ride-or-die guy with a lot of character as a human being, that guy doesn't put his business on social media for the whole earth. No. That guy 
is not somebody who says, oh, even though I have all these problems, uh, I'm going to blast everybody and right. make, make an organization that's had, you know, that has a fan base that's just dying for Son, son, no, that's a fan you can say, you, you can say whatever you want about Woody Johnson. You could say whatever you want about Woody Johnson. But the fact is, is that what the allegations said against Woody Johnson are allegations. They're not proven yet. Okay, I'm not saying that anything was good that what Woody said, please, you know, but we don't have proof or the allegations have yeah. not been factually. And for you to work for the man and call your owner out like that, you, you, know, what I, you know, you know, I looked at that, Mike, convicted. that's crazy. And that's yo, Mike, if, if any of that stuff that they allege that he said was a reality, then Woody oh, Johnson oh, needs to go. Oh, oh he's gone. Like that that, no, that, no, no, that, that, that gone. conversation, gone. Yeah, I hope that. everybody knows. We don't even need to have that conversation. He's gone. He's gone. Nobody's that stupid. If but my point is that, that, my point is the world that we live in now, everybody is wired to take their phone out, read that headline, yeah. and that's it. They didn't even click the article. They already made their mind up. Whatever you think about when it comes to movies or sports or politics, people, we live in this world that's like the microwave society. Boom. In one second, I have my thought made up and that's it. So I don't have a clue what the hell happened with Woody Johnson. Why me and Mike were like, dude, let, right. that's going to, whatever happened there, yeah. that's going to figure itself oh, out. When it and then, comes out. And, we'll all, oh, and then we'll come. I have no clue. But to put someone on blast where if, for instance, and we're going to wrap it up, everybody, but for instance... When you see the level of sensitivity Jamal Adams had, but you can see through his emotions that he shared very often, if the Jets didn't have his back, safe just as safe for instance, guys, hypothetically, that all this stuff with Woody Johnson is just fabricated, whatever the case may be. Say Jamal Adams was in those same shoes and the team didn't have his back, what do you how do you think he would react? You know, I mean it's just it's so hypocritical the way the players go about things nowadays, but hey No, and I was just gonna say if if Woody said those things we here at the ABG will be calling. We already want him to sell the team, but we will be officially calling for him to sell <laughs> the team. <laughs> that's not even. A, I read a some realm. of the things when that came out, Mike. Mike, when that came out, you sent me the article. You sent me a link, and I was like, "What the heck is this?" If any of that stuff is true, we don't. We don't you know, people have listened to the pod, Mike. They, they know a lot of the ways me and you think about life and the world and stuff. And if he if he thinks those things, if that's the owner of the Jets. And you're owning a team in New York. You know, you need, you need to go. Yeah. And I don't even yeah. want to talk about. It's not it. even a. It's Yo, Mike, I don't yeah. even want to hear it from yeah. somebody. Right? You read something, you will hear something, and then you're like, oh, that's not even actually. That's not even actually what happened. There's a guy in the Giants who they said robbed someone, then they said didn't. Now you're finding out he did. You know, it's like yeah. every single day the story changes yeah. because they, they got were, paid off. They didn't get paid off, and then all and of then, a sudden. It wasn't a payoff on the payoff. Yeah, like, then you whoa, find out they're so meeting. Wrong? You're finding out Giants players are meeting lawyers with a hundred thousand dollars in suitcases. Yeah. Like, wait a minute, like, and it's documented. Like, we shouldn't be so quick to judge in some scenarios, and that's why with Jamal, Mike, me and you weren't quick to judge. He, he put the Jets on blast for a hot minute here, and I was like, you know what? He's letting off some steam. Um, it's not a big deal. He's not going to get traded. Whatever the case may be, I wasn't quick to judge him because who am I, first of all, to get up in someone's contract scenario? But when he turned it into me versus the Jets, I'm going to try to make the franchise look bad. Um, I don't know why he thinks that he could do that and then give a piece out to the fans and think anyone has anything but a, a Bronx salute for his ass 
on the way over to Seattle. I don't know That's why right. he thinks that. You know, yo, in the end, Mike, the Jets end up with a lot more draft capital. We end up with a pretty decent safety, at least. You know, he's not great, but he's serviceable. When you add the factor in there, Mike, that we got Ashton Davis in the draft, someone that could be potentially tremendous. And we already have Marcus May. I think we're going to be okay. You add Mosley back, you add Williamson back. The defense on paper has some studs. You know, we got Quentin Williams last year. We drafted him the third. The defensive line has some guys on it um, last year that were able to shut down the running game across the NFL. So no one should fret when it comes to our defense. I think our defense is still going to hold it down, Mike. And Jets, Mike, I give him a plus on this trade when it, in the end. And there's one other thing that I wanted to say that has not been said anywhere. This also makes the New York Jets much more attractive for a brand new head coach, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It does, though. It does. Doesn't it? If they Say, get the yeah, Gase goes, right? No, I have, no one has even said this yet. If Gase is out and Sam <laughs> plays pretty decently, right? Let's say he's pretty, but they go 7-9 and nine and then and, 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 the, and GM says, get the hell out of here, Gase, whatever. Yo, they the, the coach that's coming? Bro, you know how many picks? Do you see the runway in front of you, bro? You got a franchise quarterback. You got... Tons of picks for the next couple of years. You got young Mims and young players. Yo, the New York Jet head coaching job will be one of the most attractive places to go in 2021. Just want to leave everybody with that. All right, guys, that's all we got for you this week for AABG. Mike, if anyone wants to contact us, get at us, listen to us in any way, shape, or form, how could they do that? Well, you can follow us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. We are hosted on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, and the big stinking Wookiee Nicholas Cronk. My name is Keith Farrell. We'll get at you next week, everybody. Peace out. Hey, this is Sean Amos, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets will beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Very passionate. Very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be the sucks. Don't be the sucks. Don't be the sucks.